0: You have to stop this secret series by pseudonymous Bosch book five. I wonder if all the chapters are going to be like this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Good. good, Good. The real chapter chapter two, the fire sale. Okay. You've waited long enough. Let me put you out of your misery right now. I will reveal the secret, the secret that, that people have sought for centuries for millennia, even on the very next page. Well, maybe the next page. The next? No, no, I can't. It's much too soon. If I tell you the secret now, you won't want to read any further, will you? I'll do it before the end of this book, I promise. Oh, we're going to learn the secret. Yep, he said I'll do it before the end of this book. Maybe. It depends on a few things, for instance. How you look at it. Are you really sure that you want to know the secret anyways? Revealing a secret is a bit like releasing air from a balloon. The secret spirals around and around and makes a fun noise and then aims right for you and it might hit somebody in the nose. But afterwards, it falls to the ground and everyone is left with that sad, after-the-balloon feeling of loss and abandonment. That doesn't sound very satisfying, does it? Then again, when when have you known me to satisfy anything but my own cravings for chocolate? Honestly, I don't know why you bother to read a word I write. If you want to give up on me now, I understand completely. Never mind all the time you've already already put in. Sometimes it's better to cut and run. See chapter one. You want to just not finish the book? No, I do. (laughs) Just kidding. Now here's your chance to escape. Don't worry, I won't look. I'll just close my eyes and I'll have a nibble of this delicious bar of dark, dark, Hmm, well, maybe just one more. (laughs) No, you're staying put? Stubborn, aren't you? Or just morbidly curious? I know this book is like a car accident. You don't want to stare, but you just can't help it. If it's in any comfort from your old friend, Cass, it is anything but satisfied at the time this story begins. She's too desperate to learn the secret. Recently, she came torturously close to learning the secret. Among the things she inherited from her ancestor, the Jester, it was a fragment of the papyrus with a secret written on the hieroglyphs. Alas, the papyrus disintegrated in front of her eyes. It did it turn to dust, remember what it was saying? Now Cass is headed for her grandfather's place. She has just heard that her grandfathers are selling their old firehouse. What? And she wants to make sure that the Jester's trunk doesn't get lost in the move. She hopes that just another clue about my the secret may lie inside. Oh, there it is! She said, walking down the road to the firehouse with Max Ernest. I didn't realize it's, I'd been going for on for so long. If I'm not mistaken, they are discussing the assignment that they just turned in for their Egypt their classes Egypt unit, making a list of ten things that they would take into take with you into an afterlife i'm sure as you know the ancient egyptians are very keen on keeping as many of their possessions as possible for as long as possible here let's listen and a giant bar of chocolate of course in case i get hungry in the afterlife and a pair of underwear because you know max ernest was saying oh and a deck of cards or you think that that's cheating since there are 50 card 52 cards in a deck and we're only supposed to have to take 10 things now, I think you can count a deck of cards as one," said Cass. Asking a few feet ahead, Max Ernest struggled to keep up. The view he couldn't have been more—the f- view couldn't have been more familiar. Backpack, the braids, big pointy ears, always, always from behind, which was very, un- very unfair. When you thought about it, he, Max Ernest, was shorter than Cass. Rightfully, he should go first. He wouldn't block her vision of line. Her line of vision. Did the Egyptians have cards? Cass asked casually. It seems like the hieroglyphs would make a cool deck of cards. Max Ernest's ears lit up. Ooh, that is a great idea. I don't think the Egyptians had had time. Or I didn't think the Egyptians had them, but we can make our own cards. And there are just twenty-four hieroglyphs in the Egyptian alphabet, right? Asked Cass, cutting them off. Or are there more? I feel like I heard both things. Cass stopped at an intersection. Cars passed at the snail's pace, honking their horns impatiently. It was unexpected. It was unexpectedly busy for their quiet neighborhood. Well, there are twenty-four main ones. They they stand in for sound like letters, like our letters do. Said Max Ernest, explained, happy to discuss the topic that was such a passionate interest to him. But there are thousands and thousands of others that are, that are more like picture words. I don't think anybody knows how many. Cass's face fell. They don't? Yeah, think about it. Your card deck sh- could be as big as you want, said Max Ernest enthusiastically. Oh no, that's just what I was afraid of. Max Ernest looked at Cass confused by her sudden change of mood. What do you mean? Why is that a bad thing? Cass bit her lip. She was a secret keeper. The secret was supposed to be hers and hers alone. Not to mention it was common knowledge that Max Ernest wouldn't keep a secret. And yet, despite his faults, he was her best friend. Unflagging and unflagging investigative champion. She had been wrestling for weeks, but she couldn't help but wanting to confide in him. She looked at her friend and then took a plunge. What if I told you that I got... What if I told you I got the jester's trunk open? Max Ernest's eyes widened. You figured out the combination? Cass nodded. And what if I told you that there is a piece of papyrus inside with uh, with writing on it, with old hieroglyphs? He said. That's why you're what? Why you're asking about them? Max Ernest stared at her. Wait. Does this have anything to do with the secret? This doesn't have anything to do with the secret, does it? Shush. What are you thinking? I. The, they both looked around, and nobody was within an earshot. You and me couldn't see, of course. Sorry, said Max Ernest, red-faced. Not mentioning the rules of the secret outlaw was the most important role, almost the only role, for the members of their secret organization, the Turkish Society. Normally, even the compulsive talker Max Ernest abated it. Anyways, it doesn't matter what it was. It was so old that it turned to dust as soon as I saw it, said Cass, gloomily. So what you're saying is you had... You had the you-know-what in your hands, and then it just disappeared? The full weight of it was sinking into Max Ernest's head. That's that's horrible. Cass sighed and started walking across the street. I promised myself that I wouldn't tell you. Don't worry, you didn't tell me, I guessed, said Max Ernest, following her. Anyways, how could you not tell me? I'm the one who, who knows hieroglyphs. Oh, hieroglyphs. I don't even know how to say that word either. Oh, Jenny needs to go back to college again. I know it's driving me crazy. It's the one time that I need your help, and I can't ask the one time. You know, you know what I mean? No, I don't. You needed to help. you needed my help exactly six hundred and thirty two times. Cass shook her head in amazement. You've been counting? Max Ernest shrugged off the question. So what else was in the trunk that the jester sent you besides the papyrus? Nothing important, just treasures. You mean like treasure, treasure? Gold coins and stuff? Yeah, a lot, actually, said Cass as if it were no big deal. I want to look at it again just in case there are any clues in it or about it. I can't believe you waited so long to tell me, said Max Ernest, and now you've been acting so weirdly. You're you're rich. But Cass wasn't listening. She was staring down the street at one of those terrible traffic jams where the cars were stalled, people were shouting, and babies were crying. What is going on, she asked, her pointy ears tingling in alarm. As they got closer to the old firehouse where Cass's grandfather lived, men and women and children walked by, holding boxes and bags with odd, old objects peeking out, A broken banjo, a hula hoop, a fire poker, a fishing rod, several ancient computers, even a cashier register. Maybe there's going to be a hurricane or a flood. Maybe there's going to be a... or a big fire. Cass, who was normally one to predict disasters of a sort, shook her head. "Ah, I don't think so. It's something worse. What, nuclear war? No, grudge, So said Cass grimly. She was right. Their progress slowed to a near halt as they came up within a view of the firehouse. The entire street was crowded with cardboard boxes and people combing through them. The tables were piled so high with dusty glassware and broken ceramic and hard-to-identify appliances. Mismatched shoes and neckties of all shirts and colors flew into the air as people discarded them. Old books and magazine covers to the ground had fallen like leaves. Are your grandfathers really selling all their stuff? I can't believe it," asked Max Ernest. "I know it's weird," said Cass, slightly nauseated. "I stopped the front of I stopped in front of the firehouse, where a n- new yellow sign had been planted instead of her grandfather's antique store on the. The fire sailed. there was now a new sign that said "Gloria, Fortune, Realty cast stared at the sign as if it was an alien spacecraft that had just landed on her grandfather's front steps. My mom said that they were moving, but i didn't I guess I didn't really think about what that meant. It's like they're selling my childhood, so where do you think where did you leave the trunk? asked M- Max Ernest, who was understandably eager to get his view of his real treasure. He glanced around. A few trunks lay on the street, but none that looked like the ancient trunk that Cass's ancestors had sent to her so many centuries ago. And that it had circled the globe so many times before reaching her. Huh? Oh, I hit it in the back, Cass said. Cass started up the front steps. Come on, let's go inside before my grandfather sees us. But when they looked inside, the firehouse was completely empty. That is, aside from the cobwebs and the dust that had accumulated behind the boxes and the shelves and the tables that had, very recently, been cluttered into space. Into space, oh, that had been the cluttered space. The one familiar thing that remained: the brass fire pole, as shiny as ever. Cass swallowed, remembering all the times she had slid down it. Um, Cass shouldn't we look outside first? Before somebody? Don't even think it," said Cass, running out the door. If they didn't find the trunk before some lucky garage seller snatched it away, Cass's glittering inheritance, not to mention any clue that it might contain the secret, would be lost forever. And Peyton's gone; she is out, and we are gonna see you for chapter three tomorrow.